Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast. October 10th edition. We're talking Monday Night Raw, Goldberg, things of that nature. Brought to you by DraftBeast.com, Trig Tent, and on it. Go to our podcast page, Fightful.com slash podcast. Newly revamped, newly organized to help you all out. Click that blue on it link that you see in any of the podcast pages and check out the supplements used by the likes of Bailey, Sasha, or maybe Sasha Banks. I'm sure she uses them too. Seth Rollins, Cesaro, Triple H, people like that. It helps out the show. Also, TrigTent.com. If you couldn't get enough election coverage during that debate, we got more over at TrigTent.com, so go visit them as well. Also, Draft Beast, of course, for all your fantasy football, baseball, hockey, basketball needs. Check them out. We are joined by Alex Palowski, lead raw, lead wrestling reporter, sergeant in general <laughs> of things guy, as as we dubbed him last night, and a yep. familiar face, one Rob McCarran. Rob, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great. I wish I was a sergeant general of things, uh, but I never quite made it up to that position. It's not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> he has to cover superstars. <laughs> As you might notice, Trina isn't here. She is still recovering. She had a wild weekend. She got chopped. There's that. She would be back next week before she leaves on her honeymoon, which I probably shouldn't have told you all. Either way, we had Monday Night Raw tonight. I'll go ahead and get the big news out of the way, guys. Goldberg is coming back to the WWE. Paul Heyman came out, laid down a challenge to Bill Goldberg on behalf of Brock Lesnar, said anywhere, anytime. Goldberg is now the latest person who WWE 2K has opened up the doors to return. We've seen it before with Sting, the Ultimate Warrior, Brock Lesnar to an extent, uh, several people. Rob, what were your thoughts about Bill Goldberg returning to the WWE? Yeah, it seemed like it was it was likely for a little bit. Uh, you know, we've been talking about for years and years uh, whether or not he would come back for a match. Did not think it would be a Brock Lesnar rematch. Seems very odd, uh, but uh, at least the story is kind of kicked off here. And I don't know. It, it got kind of a tepid reaction. You know, the Goldberg chant started at Paul Heyman's behest. I don't know how Toronto is going to really respond to Brock Lesnar versus Bill, Go- uh, Bill Goldberg. I have a feeling it can go really negative when the match actually happens, especially if, if it is the main event of the show. Uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to what they're going to do over the next month of TV to try and get this thing going and, and try and make it a really big deal. Um, I'm, I'm a little lukewarm on it right now myself. Alex, your thoughts 
on Bill Goldberg coming back and the decision to have him against Brock Lesnar. It was highly anticipated 12 years ago, and boy, did they stink up the joint. Yep. Yeah, I don't know how it could be any better, considering you're adding 12 more years on Of inactivity. Goldberg. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's – I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a cheap joke, and I'm sure it'll be made a lot leading up to Survivor Series, but he's not Goldberg anymore. He's Oldberg. And it's uh, – I don't, I don't know. I mean, nobody loved Goldberg more than me during his first run. Like, I, I popped every time the security guards knocked on the door and he came to the ring. I was a huge Goldberg fan, but that was almost 20 years ago. And uh, I just don't know what he's got right now. But people are saying that, um, that it was going to be a th- uh, possibly a thing where Shane McMahon – picked Goldberg as his champion to take on Brock. And then when Goldberg lost, Shane was going to say, well, then I'll do it myself. I don't know what's going on with this thing, but it seems kind of a waste to have this be one of Brock's four matches that he wrestles in a year. Um, so I don't know. I'm not, I'm not looking I would, forward to I it. I wouldn't go that far. I think it'll be, I think it's a, a marquee matchup. I mean, it's probably well, the biggest matchup you can put on. Unless for some reason the Undertaker rolled out of bed and was like, "Hey, I'm ready to face Bill Goldberg," or if The Rock popped up or Steve Austin, but on their roster of people they have readily available, I think it's the biggest match that that's possible. Oh, it's sure. the biggest match. It's the biggest match they could have done. I don't know if it would have been the the best match they could have done. You know, I I think a a Bill Goldberg versus Bray Wyatt match honestly elevates Bray Wyatt even if he loses to get into that kind of main event type picture. Um, and you don't have to really go into a 15 to 20 minute main event because if they tried to go a long main event with Brock Lesnar and Bill Goldberg, it will be a disaster. Uh, if, if they're going to be the co-main event and go, you know, seven, eight minutes, that's perfectly fine. But if they try to main event this show with a 15 minute match, it is not going to end well. Uh, there might be a lot of shenanigans in there too. If you want to make it the main event of the match, what I'm, what I'm finding really funny about all this is those who are readily available to super defend the booking of Brock Lesnar versus Bill Goldberg and, and giving excuses like, Oh, the last time they wrestled, it wasn't that great because Bill Goldberg and Brock had one foot out the door each. They weren't really motivated. And I'm wondering right now, if you think Bill Goldberg at 49 is really motivated to give it one last great main event, like what after 12 years of trashing the company. Yeah. Yeah. And not to mention that they're both part, you know, Brock Lesnar's a part-timer already. Bill Goldberg would be leaving after this match. Most likely it's the same situation. They both have one foot out the door and they can't be any more motivated. So I don't know how uh, how you can be defending this as going to be oh so much better. Uh, I, I mean, I'll I'll be open minded. I'll give it a shot. It is like you said, Sean, the biggest match they could have done. I just don't like it in the main event of Survivor Series trying yeah. to uh, trying to fill up the uh, the Sky Dome in Toronto. I don't know if I want to hinge my Survivor Series on Goldberg versus Lesnar. Yeah, I they don't need want to get these two K. They need to get these two K folks to like negotiate foreign deals. You know who I really, what I really want next year is for the cover boy of two K eighteen to be Kenny Omega. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> I wouldn't object to that. Uh, I, I don't want it in the main, but I'll, I'll take it somewhere in the upper mid card of that card. Uh, I want, I wanted, I, I was honestly hoping for a as I always do, an all Survivor Series, Survivor Series, with, you know, just a whole bunch of those great uh, elimination tag matches, like old school. And now that you have, you know, the two competing brands, it'd be kind of cool to see 
teams from Raw versus teams from SmackDown through the whole yeah. thing. But I don't know. Maybe this is like the, the one thing they're going to do that's different from that. Hopefully. There, there are a lot of options for Survivor Series as far as teams. You got all the talent from SmackDown and Raw. You know, we, we've seen them try to use one brand to fill up a whole pay-per-view. Now you're going to mash them all together. So there will be room. You can do a a Raw versus SmackDown women's Survivor Series match. You can do a Cruiserweight Survivor Series match. You can do a, a, a top guy on Raw versus top guy on SmackDown and have the Lesnar-Goldberg match and have uh, an AJ Styles and a uh, Kevin Owens singles match each on there. There's a lot of different things you can do to fill up Survivor Series. Uh, it should be interesting in that regard. Maybe Goldberg uh, versus Brock Lesnar could be the main event, but open the show. We just had on Sunday night the WWE you know, doing the whole main event as the opener on there. Uh, you never know what they could do. They could put the main event on first again with Goldberg and Brock Lesnar and then main event with the title match uh, as the last match on the show. Uh, we won't know what the pro- placement's going to be. The placement right now may be set, but who knows? In three weeks, if they keep getting tepid reactions, uh, they could be overthinking or rethinking where they put this match on the show. But hey, Goldberg is back. He's coming to next uh, week's Raw. Uh, this is happening. It's real. Indeed. Goldberg back next Monday on Raw, you guys. Raw kicked off. Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Rusev, Lana, Roman Reigns. They it seems like they're trying to do the thing where they get Roman Reigns the the pop rub off of Sasha Banks's popularity, which is really really annoying. Off of yeah. everyone's popularity. Popularity. Um, Lana teased some friction with Charlotte. Sasha is still really wooden when she's given these these rehearsed lines. We saw that backstage with her and Roman Reigns later. So that that was not fun to watch. It was two people like just not comfortable standing at awkward angles speaking to each other. It was a that high was school, also it was like a high school little public access TV show. They're standing yeah. at the weird angles. You could see they're really into it when their line is, and then they just kind of take one step back when it's not their line. It's like I am talking now. Now it is your turn to talk. I will step away. Like, it was yeah. it was embarrassing. Uh, Alex, I was very cool with Rusev being a real prick like a real woman hating prick i was okay with that <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's where you and i are going to differ it has not been in his character this whole time he has been fighting actively for the honor of his wife for two months so to now to now have him come in and say scroll you stupid women get out of my ring uh is not what he does that's exactly what roman did last week when he said that when he was being sexist to Lana. So now they've decided to, I know we're going to write Rusev like the worst guy possible. And that'll force people to cheer for Roman when they have Which their they should have done the whole damn time. Right. He should have been like that to everybody but right. Lana. Lana right. should be the only one. Absolutely. But they're doing it at this late stage in the game because they're panicking because everyone hates Roman. And then to have Roman ride in on a white horse, like a knight in shining armor, to save the two women when Rusev was threatening bodily harm to them. It just felt like a, like a silent movie. Like it was so obvious, the tropes of good and evil. It was just lazy, lazy writing and lazy booking. And uh, I'm kind of completely over the Rusev and Roman thing. I did like Rusev's new beard though. That was, <laughs> that was an interesting change. We, we had a really uninspired match between Reigns and Sasha against Charlotte and Rusev, Sasha taps out Charlotte. Rob, does this tell you anything about the direction? Maybe they'll go for hell in a cell. Do you think that, I mean, Sasha really seems to have Charlotte's number at this point. 
Yeah, I don't think it tells us anything. I mean, Charlotte's still running that pay-per-view uh, streak, so could she win the Hell in a Cell match? Maybe. I think this will be her her uh, her big loss. I think Sasha Banks is going to be able to retain the championship here and really cement the uh, the title reign. So I don't think this one match tells us anything different uh, about it. I actually like Charlotte here because Charlotte was the only one out there kind of for themselves, right? Now, you know, Charlotte Charlotte's out there to try and get the title back. She's she's in this mixed tag match. Doesn't really want to be, but she's in it because at the other end of the table is Sasha Banks, who has her championship, and she wants that. Uh, Roman, Sasha, and Rusev, to some extent, were all in it for different reasons. Charlotte was in it for herself. I kind of like that. Also, I'll start with you, Alex. Do you think this is going to headline Hell in a Cell, Sasha versus Charlotte? No. No, Seth versus Owens is going to headline, especially since they made it Hell in a Cell. I mean, is, is, there, is there a danger of having too many Hell in a Cell matches at a pay-per-view called Hell in a Cell? Because right now it feels like three is just is at the tipping point. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, you can't do any more. If they make TJP versus Brian Kendrick hell in the cell, I'm done. Uh, it's just and, it doesn't. And it'll that'll ruin a lot of the cool stuff that they do, which yeah. I'm sure they can do cool stuff on this well, Yeah, and as far as what they're going to do with with Sasha and Charlotte, I don't feel that you're, they're going to take the belt off of Sasha again so soon. I think if she makes it out of Hell in a Cell alive, <laughs> then she'll be the winner. But who knows with those two in that setting. Uh, there was a lot of stuff of like, oh, you know, clutching of pearls, heavens for fend, women in a hell in a cell match. How could you tonight? Uh, but with these two, I understand the, the, the reluctance. Uh, like careers could be ended with the kind of crap those two girls could get up to in a hell in a cell match. Yeah. Well, you- uh, I mean, you know that WWE went to their corporate partners. They went to their sponsors and said, hey, is this going to be a problem if we do a a women in a hell in a cell type match? And they must have gotten the okay because they've stopped blood. They've stopped a lot of different things to go PG uh, and, and get that corporate partnership on a strong footing. And here they are. You know, that's always been the thing. Will they put women in the hell in a cell? Will they put women in a cage match? Like, will the optics be there? It, it, you're... You're putting women in cages. Is that is that a good optic for WWE programming? And you know what? As they've tried to make everything on a more even playing field, they're saying, hey, let's give it a shot. We'll see. May They may never do it again. They may not do it again for a long time. They may do it every year. We'll see. But as far as main eventing the show, no. I think Kevin Owens and, and Seth Rollins will main event the show. Um, and as far as, uh, as far as other cage matches, yeah, I, I don't think three... Uh, or even four is too many. You start getting into uh, half. You start getting into five and more. Yeah, that's probably too many. You know, TNA does that with lockdown. Every match in a cage. I don't know if WWE really wants to start copying that particular gimmick, but uh, you never know. We had a very sloppy stretch of wrestling. Uh, the end of the Cesaro Kofi Kingston match, leading into the Bailey versus Jobber match. Kofi slipped fell, and Cesaro had to cover up for it and made himself look like a total dumbass waiting on Sheamus to get his ass kicked on the outside. Sheamus, who they're not supposed to give a shit about each other one way or another, apparently, is how it's portrayed. And he has to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and then get rolled up by Kofi Kingston. And then Bailey, man, this girl that she wrestled was lost. <sighs> lost, Alex. Yep. It was not. It was bad. They, was, yeah. These two, 
I, I I know you wanted to get into the Bailey before I can do that because even more embarrassing than Bailey and her opponent. Okay, and Bailey wasn't that bad. Whatever. Sheamus and Cesaro went toe to toe, head to head, fist to fist for seven matches, nearly dying at the end of the seventh match, all for a championship shot. And now they have one, and they can't stand three feet next to each other. You're going to do all that for seven matches and you can't stand three feet next to each other now to try and get your championship shot. What were the seven matches for if you're not even going to try to become tag team champions? If you're not going to go for the belt that you were fighting so hard for two months for. Yeah, I think a lot of WWE writing seems to be treating their talent as though they're kindergartners who just can't learn how to share. And it's just, it, you know, these are grown men. Uh, they would have to have some kind of modicum of respect for one another after the beatings they gave each other and survived. This is, it's just them bickering and I'm, I'm sick of it. As far as the Bailey and, and Jobber thing goes, yeah, that was bad. The whole thing was just there to set up the attack from Dana from behind after the match. You know, like it, it why, once why again, not use a girl from the performance center. Yeah. Something, some, somebody who's decent. Why not have Alicia Fox? Or Summer Ray or anybody. Like, it's just, you know, like, where's well, Nia Jax been for a month? Billy Kay's, Billy Kay's whole thing was that she became an egomaniac because yeah. she was in a five-minute match on SmackDown. What would feed into that more than a two another two-minute match on Raw? Let yeah. her run with that. Yeah. I don't get it. Uh, Chris Jericho in a payday commercial. Yeah, sure. <laughs> cruiserweight action. Sin Cara is in the cruiserweight division. Lindsay Dorado, Tony Nish, Drew Gulak. This was very, very short, but it was fine. Uh, so do you think that Sin Cara is under 205 pounds? Yeah, I think so. Yeah? Okay. Is he 198 as they bill him now on the, on the website? I don't, I don't – he always looked a little, little heavy to me to be 205, but I don't he know. Was always, he was always billed as 205 uh, previously, I think. Hmm. I think. Well, well, they've been doing they've been doing funny things with the yeah. weights on the website as we've chronicled right. on this very show before Sean and on my show. Uh, Sami Zayn, I'm looking it up right now. They switched him from 212 to 205, seemingly getting him ready for this cruiserweight division. Yeah. And uh, I think he's still there. I think he's still at 205. Yes, he is. So uh, well, we I, might as well I don't talk think, about that now. I don't think Sin Cara is going to be the last now. one to get into this division. By the way, we've talked Neville. Uh, Sami Zayn one day may even be a part of this division as they contour what they really want this division to be because are they going to bring in drew gulak every other week for the next year probably not they'll they'll shape this division how they want it uh, and it'll evolve over time um but uh yeah i wouldn't be sh- uh, shocked to see more wwe guys in the division Sami Zayn, neville uh we'll 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 see what it is but yes yeah, Sincaro was the first of that uh ilk to start getting in this division well let's go ahead and talk about that Alex, are you surprised that Sami Zayn and Neville aren't already in this division? I'm surprised Neville isn't. Uh, I think Sami Zayn's better than what they're doing with the Cruiserweight division. I think he's. I think he deserves better than that. Uh, he's shown this well, year I, that I he was, can do that. I was hoping that he would help step it up. That right. way, it would make sure. it worse. Right. Right. But but I mean, I think that's a, that's a very good thing. I think you can have. Uh, you, they, there are several steps required to step it up before Sami Zayn should be a part of it. I, well, that's the thing. It's 
It's weird you say that, and I agree with the the bottom line on that point, though. But at the same time, look at what TJ Perkins had tonight. Look at what Brian Kendrick is involved. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't know the names of any of these people and were watching that show, mm-hmm. and you were thinking, "Man, I want to be in WWE," would you rather have been in what Sami Zayn was on the show tonight, or would you rather have been what TJ Perkins was involved on the show tonight? Like just the importance of what they're doing and the focus on the show. Uh, they've tried to put focus on the cruiserweights. Is it the best thing going on Raw right now? No, but it's certainly they're giving them more time and more freedom to do things than what Sami Zayn's been given lately. Right. I, I, I totally take your point, uh, and I guess it's just wishful thinking on my part that that guy who I saw at Battleground versus Kevin Owens deserves to be a lot closer to the main event scene mm-hmm. than, than in the Purple Ropes segment. Speaking of the purple rope segment, those were actual ropes the first match, and then they put duct tape around them the second match. <laughs> Confirmed. Well, there you go. Confirmed. How long do you think it takes before they get sick of doing that shit? And not only doing that shit, but planning that shit. Yeah. That's, they got to plan that every time. It's crazy. I don't understand why they're doing it. It, it makes it look like it's a sideshow. Like it's something. Yeah, it makes it look like a novelty. Yeah. Which, I mean, maybe maybe that's how they want to portray it is as a novelty. That's sure. how they kind of brought it in. But Right. But it's backfiring because the idea is, oh, we want to make this seem special and something exclusive to Raw. So let's give it all the sight. It's the Sin Cara blue lights. Let, let's make it feel special. But after a while, it just becomes like, okay, this really isn't part of the show. I don't have to pay attention to this because it's not part of real Raw. Right. It's not pertinent. Yeah, it, it's, becoming, it's becoming a detractor uh, rather than an actual promoter. So it's just not working. Enzo and Cass came out to beat up Axel and Bo Dallas, they were attacked by Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. This feud doing anything for you, Rob? Nope. How about you, Alex? There's the potential for it to be something, a secondary feud in the tag division, something for those guys to do. I think it could be decent. I don't have high hopes that it will be. The thing that actually made me most intrigued by this whole thing was was the Bo Dallas and Kurt, Curtis Axel official falling out of the social outcasts. Yeah. Axel requested they be put in a match together, and they had this really great scene at the, on the pre-show where Bo was just staring daggers through Curtis Axel, like, you don't know who I am anymore, man. I've changed. And, uh, and, then, and then at the end, after Curtis Axel takes the loss to Sami Zayn and Neville, of Bo just taking his election sign and leaving... Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Uh, like leaving his former partner in a mangled heap on the, on the canvas. I'm like, okay, you're you're intriguing me. What are you going to do 
with this Bo Dallas thing because right now, like, I'm I'm intrigued. I got to give them credit. They don't usually do it, but they they really pulled the drawstring on this garbage bag and tied it up for once. For once. Yeah. Uh, the garbage bag is still very much open on Titus O'Neil. He got beat by our truth real quick, and <laughs> this is so f- oh, it's so stupid. If you uh, if you're gonna lose, you might as well make it a loss, right? I, yep. I, at Titus O'Neil, the the segment he did with Tom Phillips that ended up in the WWE YouTube, I yeah. thought was really funny. It could have gone funny. somewhere. I don't like the athlete who always loses and then goes and thinks he's this big egomaniac. He's got to win. He's got to be good and then go be this egomaniac. They could have used this on Apollo Crews and made it successful. They could have used it on anybody. It's Tyler Breeze and made it successful. They could have used it on anybody. Yes. It is a very easy thing to do if you do it right. I mean, look at what Antonio Banks become when he was this character. Antonio Banks became MVP and MVP is now considered like a, a superstar in pro wrestling for what? Because he was the cocky egomaniac sports athlete for one year before becoming just another WWE guy. Uh, it, it can make it a career. It can really do it. If you just do it right. Cause it's so easy. It made Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch wasn't a superstar athlete in the NFL because he was good at running. It's because he became a personality by doing this stuff. Titus O'Neil sucks. Uh, Braun Strowman. I am strangely intrigued by Braun Strowman, Alex. I love uh, this, this guy. guy. Is pretty goddamn good on the mic. Yeah. No. Like you, the the he has an ease with which he speaks that you don't see in guys his size. Like just the idea that that it felt off the cuff. Like you you tell me this is better competition. You could send twenty men like this, and they're going to end up in a pile of bodies. That was. Great. I hope they do. That oh, yeah. that would be great. Send them. Send them every person in NXT <laughs> who hasn't made TV yet, just one after another, after another, after another. Except for Tino Sabatelli, save that guy, future WrestleMania main eventer. Uh, Braun Strowman, yes, and he needs to be able to talk because he has the size. But as far as in the ring to keep people captivated, you got to really care about Braun Strowman, and no one cares that much yet. But if he keeps doing this stuff on the mic, people will start to care, and they'll stay invested no matter how much he actually sucks in the ring. But hey, that double drop kick, boy, and this guy's got something. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. that this guy's so, got something. So great. I love all of not- like as as bad as it was to have the jobbers be the Splash Brothers as Clay and Steph. Uh, the way they looked, it was just, it was a, it was an entire joke. They were clowns and to have Braun Strowman just squash them. There was some stuff that he was doing where he was doing his crazy motor across the ring, a splash thing to one guy with another guy on his back. That's, it's (laughs) great. Like, yeah, put next, next week, put four guys in the ring and the final next one, eight, just keep doubling it until he can't do it anymore. Yeah, I've, I've turned the corner on Braun Strowman. He's a pretty agile big guy. I'll give him that. That's something that most of them don't have. So, and, he, and he's pretty good on the mic. I'm I'm ready to see what, where this goes. What else we got? We have TJ Perkins and Brian Kendrick. Now, I was a little indifferent about their backstage segment. Like, I think Brian Kendrick's really good, and I – I just – I'm undecided on TJP. His delivery, everything. I don't know how to take it. I don't know how to feel. He's. I can tell it's – I can tell it's 
shit that he has made to say, and he's yeah. making the best of it, Rob. He, he's trying. Uh, the problem has always been with TJ Perkins, and it's a reason why he's over in some circles but never was the biggest thing ever, is because he has the great babyface story. He has the homelessness because he was following his dream, and he never gave up on it, and he was working really hard at it. But he's kind of a dick. So you, you know you should like him, but you don't want to, and you end up not liking him that much because he just comes off as a dick. And Are we and, supposed to like anybody who dabs? I mean, he's, he's dabbing. He's coming out here doing all this cockiness stuff. Um, I don't like it. I feel like Brian Kendrick has been a little bit more relatable. I feel like if they really went you know, full bore on the Brian Kendrick story on Raw and not just what they did in NXT in the Cruiserweight Classic, Brian Kendrick is the babyface here. And I want to see Brian Kendrick reach the top of the mountain when you never thought he would again. Uh, but TJ Perkins is probably going to win and keep his championship. The roles are reversed. And at some point, TJ Perkins, to really truly get over, is going to have to be a bad guy. And he's going to have to be the cruiserweight champion that just hasn't lost and he gets cockier and cockier and cockier. And you can use that babyface backstory. Like, this is a homeless kid who now all has, has this rich prize, has all this money, is on top of the game, and he let it go to his head. And at some point, a babyface cruiserweight's going to come along, and people are really going to want to see that babyface cruiserweight get the best of TJ Perkins, even though TJ Perkins has that super great backstory. It won't matter. He's a dick. We want to see him lose. We want to see him get knocked down to size again. And it can be really huge. Like, they could do a singles match in the cruiserweight division at WrestleMania and make it a huge thing with TJ Perkins going in as a mega heel. Alex, yeah. you covered the Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, how, how do you feel about the way these guys have been portrayed thus far? I thought, I'll say personally, I thought Brian Kendrick was excellent on commentary. I thought he was too. Um, I really actually enjoyed the backstage segment. There were things that it could have been better, obviously, but I like the story they're telling between these two guys. Is that I like I know you. I know I knew you when you were this really nice guy who like, you know, picked me up f- from school and took me to wrestling practice. I knew you when you, you helped me go buy an N64. Like, what, what's up with this guy? I don't know who this guy is. Like, that's interesting. But the way the execution was, some of the writing was like, they gave him, like, geek speak. Like, he would say, like, press pause, man. I, I don't know yeah. what he Inspector Gadget of, of pulling things out with his heels. And, well, uh, let's reset for just a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, give me a magic mushroom. I can't wait so for I the day. I can't wait for the day that he's like, he breaks out like a Mad Cats reference. <laughs> Something. I'm going to uh, spam the turbo button on you, right. buddy. But I did like the the end of that segment where Brian went for the sneak attack and TJP is just way faster than him and able to land a punch before Brian could, which further tells the story of that's why Brian has to do the things he does in the ring because he can't win on his own merits. He's he's older and slower now, so he's got to find new interesting ways of getting over on his opponent. So um, I'm interested. Uh, we we see later they had this match TJP versus Arya Davari. Uh, Davari got in way too much offense. They're really not pushing that Perkins is a formidable champion at all. I'm not really stoked on that. But um, but I, I went from seeing him lose last week to yeah. getting beaten up by a guy who isn't a full-time cruiserweight right. yeah. on the show. Who went out in the first round of the CWC to the greenest guy in the CWC in Ho in Ho Loon. So, yeah, it is yeah, it was not a uh it's not a good uh scene 
for for TJP to to look like that against Arya Davari. Rob, your thoughts on that match? I thought it was all right. I thought, uh, I mean, the highlight was Brian Kendrick on commentary. Again, I, I thought he was really great too. Um, him him being able to have the confidence to talk back also to the announced team and not just take what they're given and kind of go with it. Uh, he, he came off as, you know, sincere, honest. When Michael Cole was talking about heart and how TJ Perkins has this unstoppable heart, and Brian Kendrick turns to him slowly and you can see, or you could hear it because they weren't showing him, obviously. You could just hear that Brian Kendrick was probably staring daggers at Michael Cole and, and turning around very slowly be like, and you don't think I have any heart? Mm-hmm. Brian Kendrick is playing this character and nailing it down. And I want to see him win the Cruiserweight Championship. I want to see him put this, this cocky kid who is ungrateful that Mr. Nice Guy Brian Kendrick drove him to wrestling practice, is ungrateful that Mr. Brian Kendrick got him that Xbox or that uh, whatever N64. I want to see Brian Kendrick give it back to him and, and win the Cruiserweight Championship. And uh, I want to see it now. I want to see it right now. He's one of the only things that I care about in that division right now, like from, from an emotional perspective. I don't care about He's Lince it. Dorado, that's for sure. Yeah. I don't give a shit about Sin Cara. Uh, I, I like the fact that Tony Nese is really good, but that, that only takes you so far. Uh, Chris Jericho is also... Very good. Uh, this is the best run I remember him being on since the the Michaels feud, in my opinion. Well, he just he went out there and he had a great match with Seth Rollins. They they tore it down. He, he didn't get it done. Obviously, Seth Rollins won. Kevin Owens got involved. There, it was a match that main evented Raw with stakes between two guys that are over, and it was good. It was really good. It was really, really good, Rob. What did you think? Um, yes, I I mean, I agree uh, with basically what you said right there. I, I think Chris Jericho is having a great run. It's really his first true run, too. I mean, he's had the series with Bray Wyatt that didn't matter, had the series with Dean Ambrose. But as far as like a, a true run and a and going with a character, uh, Chris Jericho has done a phenomenal job. And you, you're probably right, the best stuff since the long summer feud with Shawn Michaels. Um, and and you started to see a uh, a cool dynamic between Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. All every week leading up to what tonight uh, was, you saw Kevin Owens kind of backing away from Jericho at times. Like he's going. Kevin Owens was letting Chris Jericho say all these great things because it was putting Kevin Owens over. But when it came down to it, Kevin Owens was like, "I'm the superstar of this team." Well, now we're we're starting to see where Chris Jericho is thinking. You know what? I could be the number one on this team. We're both the WWE world champion. I could be the number one on this team. And uh, and eventually we should get that Kevin Owens-Chris Jericho match. And I'm, I'm probably looking forward to that now more than any possible Raw title match that's seemingly in the realm of possibility in the near future. Uh, I, I want to see that one happen. And I was, uh, I was hoping that it, would, uh, that it would end up being like a triple threat or happen some type of hell in a cell. But think about Chris Jericho challenging for Kevin Owens' championship, two Canadians in Toronto. That could be a huge match. Yeah. Uh, Alex, your thoughts on the main event, Chris Jericho this evening? Did it make you want to eat a payday bar, anything? (laughs) Chris Jericho can spin any amount of shit into gold (laughs) bars. That payday commercial with R-Truth was awful, and he made it great. 
his whole thing is he like, was like he left like I didn't say I didn't want it. You right. stupid idiot! Yeah. Like that was great. I mean, he can do anything with with stupid idiom. Stupid, stupid, the stupid idiom thing was great. It's, it's not. Yeah. That's not even a question. It's jargon. It's parlance. It's idiom. You stupid idiom. Like that's. How is that not? It's, he's 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 the best thing on Raw. The crowd. The crowd's reaction when Chris Jericho would bring up I, the crowd sitting through this Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho and Stephanie McMahon and all this stuff backstage and not reacting one bit. And then guess what? Someone's about to get put on the list of Jericho, and this crowd erupts. They erupted one word. Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho, towards the end of the show, before the main event, are backstage, and, and Kevin Owens is asking Chris Jericho what just happened with Stephanie. And Chris Jericho just looks at him and says, friendship, and the crowd erupted. Like the, this, this crowd is with Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. They're with these guys on where they're going. Uh, I just hope it pays off because I, I don't want them to break up and go their separate ways without anything being done. I don't want them to be a team forever. This, these are two guys not meant to be a team forever. I hope they do the one-on-one singles match, and I hope they don't do anything to ruin it because right now they've done everything, uh, I think, very well to get casual fans excited for Chris Jericho versus Kevin Owens. Yeah. Imagine the fact that two guys who are legitimately best friends that treat each other well but really do care about themselves and aren't like, oh, gee, gosh, golly darn, baby faces. Imagine that they get cheered. Oh, because they act like humans. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Jericho is consistently the best thing on Raw. There was a thing going around that Fozzie wanted to world tour again, and Jericho was going to leave, and I'm just like, throw as much money as it takes to keep him around uh, so he doesn't have to go, on, he doesn't leave, because... This thing, this thing has legs. It can go for a while. Uh, I agree that that two Canadians uh, in the main event of Survivor Series would be huge, uh, and yet I don't want it to be over that soon. I want this to continue through till Christmas because I want to see the presents they give each other. I want that segment. I just want. I want. I want that segment. So the Christmas uh, list of Jericho. The Christmas list yes. of Jericho. You just made the list is the biggest, the best catchphrase of 2016. Uh, and it's only been around for like three weeks, <laughs> but it's so great. And so over, I love these guys. Uh, and the match itself was fine, but I, 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 I was rooting for the triple threat, but I didn't think I was going to get it. So when I didn't, I was kind of like, Oh, that's too bad. Hold on. Because I, yeah, I mean, you're right. I'm sorry, but uh, no. you're right. This is now the second month though, in a row where they've done this, where they, mm-hmm teased adding someone into a match for the title with the triple threat and SmackDown actually did it. And raw hasn't raw has failed to put a third man in there for two months in a row. Cause last time it was Roman Reigns getting the possibility of going in there in a triple threat this month. Here it is uh, Chris Jericho. Uh, so maybe we'll see them go for three for three. And as we head into late November and we'll have some type of angle for the third man at the survivor series match, um, but I, I like the one-on-ones. I, I think this is better. It's going to be better as Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Chris Jericho is probably going to get involved in some way anyway. Uh, and now we just have to wait and see what Chris Jericho does on the show, if anything, or if he's just involved in the main event. We have a few minutes left, and we got to, of course, bring up Paige suspended for the second time in three months for a wellness policy violation. Her father has come, came out and said that it's due to painkillers in relation to her neck injury. She uh, 
put out a tweet that said same shit, different day. Don't get uh, notes from your doctor and said uh, it really depends. Rules apply depending on your status. There's just so much to unpack with the Del Rio situation. And like I said, we only have about five, six minutes left, but her her mom wants her to quote, come home. Also uh, our own Brandon Howard has a feature up on the site about the double standards and the wellness policy violation or among wellness policy violations. 60 days. Alex, at this point, do you think Paige is trying to get out of her contract? Do you think it really is a screw up? What do you think's going on here? I think they're both screwing each other. I don't think the WWE wants her around much, and I don't think she wants to be around. So, but they're playing chicken on who's going to fire who, who's going to resign, or or it's it's. I mean, I don't know exactly. There was this thing around, like I'm not sure when her contract is up, and maybe she's trying to get out of it. It's it looks really bad um, because she is still so young and still can can be somebody you could really make money off of. Uh, it just it just looks really bad. Um, there was a, a, a something she put out of, of a picture of her hand holding Alberto Del Rio's hand in his crotch, like sitting on a bench, and she's holding his hand. And then and she took a picture, and it's like uh, it doesn't matter. You know, we're not going to dwell on the negative. We're going to Broadway tonight, and it's just like it's this weird thing that like there she's might be throwing her career away for the possibility of spending time with Alberto Del Rio, which, I mean, true love conquers all, I guess. But, yeah, I, it's good, bad, because I, I was a fan of Paige's, and now I've, I'm not really sure what to think and whether or not I'll ever see her in the WWE ring again. Rob, what do you make of this whole situation? I don't know what to make of it yet, and uh, I'm trying not to rush to judgment because you don't know. I, I think the idea that Paige is trying to get out of her contract by failing tests is ludicrous because there's many other ways that you can go about it. You can just go home, right? You don't have to worry about failing tests and not getting paid a guarantee and, and having that stigma to your name. Um, and it, it also doesn't add to the reliability if they ever wanted her back, or maybe she decides five years from now she wants to go back to WWE uh, whether she needs to or just wants to, this would be burning that bridge a little bit. So I, I don't think she's failing tests on purpose. I also don't think WWE is super vindictive in you know finding the very small loopholes to try and get her to fail tests. I, I, I think there's a combo of, yeah, is she doing stuff not to the letter of the law? Sure. So we're going to call her out on it, maybe more so than we would anyone else. Um, but as far as, as far as motivations behind everything, uh, I'm, I'm going to take a wait and see approach because we don't know. Uh, you know, she said both publicly that she wants to come back. Uh, she's done s- some things privately uh, that have come out on uh, Twitter and different behind the scenes stuff that that both make you think she does want to leave, but also that she does want to come back. So we don't know. And maybe she doesn't even know. She's she's also really young. You got to remember, she's really young and only knows wrestling. She'll, she may be just trying to find herself and she may not truly know what she wants, whether it's to keep wrestling, whether it's to keep wrestling for WWE, whether it's to not wrestle ever again, ever. Uh, we just don't know. So she's a young woman in love. Uh, Alberto Del Rio is obviously not with the company anymore. So that's something drawing her away from WWE. She's got to figure out what she wants. She's got to figure out how she wants to go about getting what she wants. And until we have some finality here, I just, I, I can't, 
go one way or another saying that definitely something's going on because we just don't know what's going on. Guys, we are back tomorrow night after SmackDown with Jeff Hawkins of Shake Them Ropes. Go check out the site, Fightful.com. Subscribe to our YouTube page below, somewhere around here. You can also download the show via audio on MP3, usually by the next morning, uh, and, and stream it via audio. Coming to iTunes very soon. Share the page on Facebook, Facebook groups, Reddit, Twitter, all that stuff. It really helps out. Really need your support to make Fightful a success. You can follow Alex at Pawlowski the fourth. You can follow Rob at Shake Them Ropes. Rob, tell us about Shake Them Ropes before we go. <laughs> When's it happening? I don't know. Shake Them Ropes at Shake Them Ropes uh, bit.ly slash str iTunes. Uh, yeah, when is it going to happen? We have to figure that out. There's a lot of uh, logistics to unearth like you eating a fucking hat there's a, lot of, the there's a lot of logistics you know i gotta get cooking supplies i gotta find like olive oil and stuff so there's a lot that goes into it like i thought it would just be easy eat the hat it's not man i gotta get recipes fightful.com you guys that's the place to be tons of exclusives backstage news podcast thursday and friday uh with matt riddle and vince russo go there register absolutely free Sorry, we had to cut this one a little bit short, guys. But I'm sure that I'm sure that Jeff Hawkins is cool to do like a six-hour show tomorrow. So, until next time, guys, we are out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for three forty-nine a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for seventy-seven cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.